peace of our Lord be with you. As you may have noticed, in verse 5 of this morning's lesson from the book of Isaiah, it sounded for a moment there as though God's chosen people might be God's only people. The Lord formed me, said the servant of God, to gather Israel to God. But then, much to our relief, in the very next verse, God said, that is too light a thing. I have something bigger in mind, something more along the lines of the whole wide world, my salvation reaching all the way out to the ends of the earth. That sort of thing happens from time to time in the Bible, someone will draw too tight a ring around God because they believe too light a thing about God. And then they will have an epiphany, or hear a voice, or see a light, and redraw the boundaries which they have placed around the embrace of God. And when those moments come, and when those epiphanies happen, as you may have noticed, the boundaries never get redrawn smaller. They always get redrawn wider. Take, for example, that moment in Acts chapter 10, when Peter was so uneasy about welcoming Gentiles into the family of God, Peter was a great soul. But Peter had spent his whole life believing that God actually belonged to his religion. But then, Peter had an epiphany which showed him that what he had always thought was too light a thing to be thinking about God. Or take that conversation that happens in the Bible between Deuteronomy 23.1 and Isaiah 56.3 concerning eunuchs and the family of God. You've read all this, so you know what's coming next. Deuteronomy 23.1 says that eunuchs are not even to be allowed in the sanctuary. But later, in the same testament, in the same Bible, Isaiah 56.3 says, of course eunuchs are welcome in the sanctuary. Eunuchs are not only allowed and permitted, they are wanted and welcomed. Deuteronomy 23.1 drew too tight a ring around God because it thought too light a thing about God. But then Isaiah 56.3 redrew the map of the reach of the welcome of God to more nearly match the truth about the love of God. 
That sort of thing happens from time to time. Not only in the Bible, but also in our lives. We sometimes draw too tight a ring around God because we believe too light a thing about God, too small a thing, too little a thing. But then, the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts. And we find ourselves redrawing the boundaries that we have placed around God to more nearly match the true circumference of the eternal will of God. God's great desire and plan, will and purpose. That salvation will reach to the ends of the earth. Every soul God ever loved and wanted finally, eventually judged, purged, redeemed, reconciled, healed, and home. If not in this life, then in the next, no matter how long it takes. Every Lord's Day, 52 weeks a year, we pray together for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But anything less than that will mean that God's will not only was never done on earth, but God's will will never be done in heaven either. Because it is the will of God that all should come to repentance, says 2 Peter 3.9. What Acts 3.21 refers to as the universal restoration. The universal restoration of the whole creation. That is what 1 Timothy 2.4 points to when it says, God wants everyone to be saved. And it is the hope which 1 Timothy 4.10 hopes when it says, God is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. That has about become my favorite verse in the whole Bible. A lot of people don't even know it's in the Bible. How do you go to church your whole life and not know that's in the Bible? You should ask for a refund. 1 Timothy 4.10 God is the Savior of all people. Especially of us. Of those who believe. The same hope which Colossians 1.20 echoes when it says, Through the cross of Christ, God reconciled all things to God's self 
things on earth and things in heaven. Which is what 2 Corinthians 5.19 says when it says, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to God's self. Which is also the hope which Revelation 5.13 envisions when it dreams that dream of every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea singing glory to God forever around the throne. All of which in my deepest moments gives me hope that the reason John 14, 6 says that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus is because ultimately everyone comes to the Father through Jesus. I hope, I don't hope every day, but one which gets reignited every time I read Philippians 2, 10 through 11, which says that ultimately every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. If every still means what every used to mean back home, I have to assume, or at least hope, at least hope for what God hopes for. I have to at least want what God wants, which is that ultimately the whole creation is redeemed in the universal restoration of all things, no matter how long it takes, because God has all the time in the world for all of that redeeming and reconciling and purging and forgiving to be done. God's salvation to the ends of the earth, all of which may always be too big and too much for our minds to comprehend, for our hearts to hold, or for our religion to contain. But apparently, to hope for anything less than that would be to hope for too light a thing. You certainly deserve a better pastor than the one you have. But at this moment in your life and mine, I happen to be the one you have.
because at this moment in your life and mine, I happen to be the pastor you have, it is my responsibility to try and help you to not spend the one and only life you are ever going to have in this world believing too light a thing about God. Because we're not going to get to come back around, do this over, and get it right next time. It seems at least right as people who love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we would grow to the place where at least we want the same thing God wants and hope the same thing God hopes. Amen.